Welcome to Noir, the podcast that celebrates the extraordinary people of North Omaha. Our goal is to inspire and uplift the Black community by sharing stories of individuals who have made a positive impact. Join us as we connect, support, and encourage one another through powerful conversations and uplifting messages. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Noir the Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nichelle Horton-Brown. I'm your co-host, Jade R. Rogers. And Noir stands for North Omaha is Really Extraordinary. The purpose of this podcast is to connect, support, and encourage Black people in and from North Omaha with stories of individuals who inspire us. Why? Because we need it. We are delighted to have with us today, Mr. Paul B. Allen the Fourth. Gotta say the whole name like a tribe called Quest. <laughs> <laughs> do you use your whole name? I, I do, especially in Omaha. I didn't before Omaha, but when I got to Omaha, I definitely did. It's cool to be a fourth. I guess so. Welcome. We're happy to have you. Thank you. I appreciate being here. I, I'm so happy that you asked me to come on. I've been wanting to do this. Well, we always start at the beginning. So where you're from and who your people are. So we'll get to hear about Paul B. Allen 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, my name is Paul B. Allen IV, as you said. There was a 1, there was a 2, there is a 3. And uh, me and 3 are very close. He lives in Las Vegas, so me and my pops, he's part of my life on a daily basis. So, uh, yeah, we got a great relationship, and I can't wait to tell you about him. But I'm from originally from California. My people were from Omaha originally, and my grandfather moved his family out to California when my dad was around 10 years old. So he was raised there in Cali, and then I was I came after that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just just a straight up Cali dude. You know, that's that's how that's how I, I still feel. I still feel that way. You feel that way about your hometown. So really. Yeah. So you grew up in California. What part? San Bernardino Highland area. Uh, they call it the Inland Empire. It's an hour away from everything, hour away from the beach, from Palm Springs, from L.A. Nice. Yeah, interesting place. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> okay. So, no, we've had a couple of people who weren't raised here in Omaha originally, but still, you might have some California folks that will recognize their shout outs. So, give us a, a little timeline of your educational experience there in California. Okay. Like I said, born and raised there, so I, I spent all my school years there up through high school. I didn't really leave the area until I was maybe in maybe early 20s, uh, kind of headed. I actually came out to Omaha and lived here in my early 20s for a year just to be around my great-grandfather, Paul Allen, the first senior. And before that, you know, because my grandparents were here, I came back and forth to Omaha every summer to visit the grandparents growing up. So it wasn't like I was foreign to this place. But, uh, you know, so when I got in my 20s, I, I moved here. But I, I lived in L.A. I moved out to uh, the Valley in California, kind of just moved around a lot in, in my early 20s. And, uh, you know, that was it. I, I was kind of in the music scene there. I was in the music industry. My family was in the music music industry there, owned studios, record companies. Growing up in California, if you play music at all, then you're just kind of in the scene. So uh, I did a lot of that the whole time I was there uh, with the family, with friends and everybody. 
my dad had his base of operations there as well. As far as music was concerned, he got started in his twenties. So yeah, big, big, big time in the music scene out there in California. And uh, that lasted a while until I moved away until I moved to Hawaii. I lived in Hawaii for nine years, but uh, before that I, I was born and raised in Cali. What instruments do you play? Piano. I play piano, bass, guitar, drums, um, sing. I'm a songwriter. I started piano lessons very, very early. My mom had me doing a lot at two and three years old, reading and playing wow. piano and stuff like that. Yeah. Was she your first piano teacher? Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Cool. Started me off on that. But we got we got into lessons pretty fast. So by, by three, I think I was already in lessons. With so, your mom or someone else? With someone else. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But uh, yeah, she was, she was, uh, you know, at that time it was an advantage that she was a stay at home mom. She had to stay at home and, and uh, got me started pretty early. I can't see this. She said I was a calm kid back in the day <laughs> and can concentrate on stuff. I, it sounds like she's lying, but I know she must be telling the truth because I was reading at two and three and playing piano and stuff. So I guess I, I was able to concentrate enough to do that stuff. But she set the tone in the house and so did Pops. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess it was, I probably just thought of it like, this is just what you do in life. Get up and play the piano, you know. Do you still play? Uh, every once in a while, yeah. I still mess around with a little bit. I play more drums in in Omaha than anything else. Uh, kind of took off with the drums when I got in town for whatever reason. Somebody needed a drummer and then they thought of me as a drummer and then I just kept drumming. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Did you play music in school? Not really. Didn't do too much uh, music in school. I was... You know, in California, I, well, I played music during school. I was like in bands in, in high school and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but I wasn't in band in high school. So, mm-hmm. you know, everybody in California is kind of a, everybody's kind of a musician, you know, so we were we were always playing after school on the weekends and forming bands here and there and stuff like that all the time. Recording. Like I said, my family had a studio, so we were always in the studio recording after school. Didn't get the band experience in high school. So. Wow. I probably wouldn't have done it. It didn't seem cool to me at the time. <laughs> it's like, y'all ain't playing no funk in this, in this marching band here. I don't know. <laughs> what names did you have for your bands in California? Uh, I think my first band name was If Six Was Nine, which is a Jimi Hendrix song. Okay. Uh, Hardcore Jollies was, was another one. Hardcore Jollies, which was a, kind of a rock rap band that we did. We, we use our individual names all the time, too. So I had the personal projects. The cousins had personal projects. I played in a whole bunch of other, other kinds of bands. Uh, mm-hmm. Aquafinia was the name of that band. I can go on and on. There was just, there was, we were always coming up with stuff, you know, <laughs> interesting names. That's very cool. What were your musical influences? Oh man. Um, I really am I'm born into the funk. So my dad was, was writing stuff for the, for the crusaders, jazz crusaders back in the day. So it was early, like fusion funk stuff from crusaders side effect. Early, you know, uh, early Prince, Prince just in general, early and late, um, definitely a part of that. And then, of course, I, I got into Prince. When you get into Prince, you dig into his influences. So I got heavy into Sly and the Family Stone, um, Larry Graham and them. A lot of funk. A One in of- a million. <laughs> One in a million. I could sing it. I'm not going to. You got to sing the hook at least. So you put, oh. No. <laughs> I was going to come in with a chance, too. I was going to come in with you. Yeah, so, yeah, early, early up funk, R&B. Uh, I played a lot of uh, jazz. So I got into alternative music and stuff like that, too. It's kind of all over the place out there. 
I don't know if you know that she plays piano. I didn't know that. I do at my Ooh, church. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's a musical director. How long you been? I did. I did know that. I did know you're a musical director. Right. Okay. How long you been playing piano? I started lessons when I was four or five mm-hmm. with Mrs. Aline Carter. Okay. And then I just kept going, but I've been playing for my church since I was maybe a freshman in in college. Oh wow! In college, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Well, you like years past me on it. I I got bored and went on to some other instruments. <laughs> <laughs> so so you grew up in California, moved to Hawaii, mm-hmm. and spent a year here in Omaha. What brought you back? Well, I was living in Hawaii. I actually went to Europe and lived there for a year or two. I came back to Hawaii and kind of was ready to leave the island. It was, I'd had enough. Uh, it's, it's great, but it's an island. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> As a matter of fact, Dave, Dave Chappelle did, did, a, did the block party and I was so mad. I was like, what am I doing on this island? I will never miss nothing like this again. I was so mad. I was, was plotting to get off. Uh, so I, I left the island and my mom's dad, she told me that he had cancer. So I wanted to come out and spend some time with him. I was kind of on my way to go live in New Jersey with, with, uh, I was, I was in a relationship and we were going to move towards marriage. So I stopped short of Jersey and stopped in Omaha to spend some time with him. They were like, he's not doing well. You should, you should come, you know? So I I was kind of floating around at the time, kind of vagabonding a little bit after Europe. So I stopped in Omaha, just kind of was going to stay here for a little while I was going back and forth to Jersey, Omaha, and Vegas for maybe the first two or three years. Her and I broke up in that period of time, and my mm-hmm. grandfather just kept on going. He kept on going for like another six, seven years. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she, I thought he was on his deathbed. What happened? <laughs> he but, rejuvenated. Yeah. That's right. He was so happy to see his grandson. That's right. I'm one of them. Kept going. <laughs> <laughs> now he, uh, so that was good. I was good. I got to spend some really good time with him, uh, get to know this side of the family, my mom's side of the family again. She also lives here. My mom lives in town. After her, my dad split up. She moved back to Omaha. So it was it was kind of like, you know, uh, I'm going to just hop around from and make Omaha the base for a little bit. And uh, after after the breakup, I just kind of stayed around. I was like, I'm not going back to Hawaii. And uh, I don't feel like paying eight thousand dollars for a studio apartment in L.A. right now. So maybe I'll just stay in Omaha for a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, as soon as I did, I just got into some cool stuff and ended up staying. That was in 2010. I had no idea it was going to stay this long, though. We're glad that you did. (laughs) So not having grown up here and living in so many different places, what is your take on Omaha in particular? How do you view it? Oh, how do I view Omaha? That's That's a complicated question. I've been here long enough now to have made really great friends and family and connections. Mm -hmm. So that always makes the place great. Uh, The place is not really, it's not me. So I I definitely deal with things in Omaha that I've never thought about ever having to deal with living in other places. And it's strange. So, but you know what happens when you move to a place, you learn the game Mm -hmm. and you start playing the game and you play to win. (laughs) And you pull pull out how you're going to thrive in a space. And so it grows, you know, like I said, it's, it, I got here in 2010. So what's that, four, 14 years and 13 years now? Mm-hmm. Just long enough for me to get it and feel good. And like I say, most important thing is building those friendships and, and with people. There's people here that are in Omaha now that I, are my brothers and sisters and fam, you know, like 
I would never want to leave leave them, you know. So that's the part. That's a part of it. But some just happened to me just recently, though. Some happened just this last summer, as a matter of fact. Uh, whatever was going on with Omaha Days, with what what's uh, stuff that we've been we were doing over the Malcolm X Memorial Foundation. There's something that 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 happened here. Probably Crawford's fight. Something happened recently where I was like, I live here now. Mm. I'm in Omaha. I'm I'm here. You know, I was having kind of one foot out. Uh, uh-huh. And I understand that uh, something clicked about me feeling pride about me being from here, my family being from here, basically. And then me living here now long enough to say, I mean, I'm getting close to if I, if if, you know, another five, six years, I'll be here just as long as I was in Cali growing up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, something some kind of turned the corner a little bit. I, I, I'm still a Cali boy at heart. Like always, I will always long for being back by the beach, right yeah. near the beach, hanging out. <laughs> but, um, but you know, if I when I do now, it'll be like I'll go back and forth because mm-hmm. I, I got ties here now, businesses here now, families here. Uh, like I said, mom, mom is here, moms, and you know that's that other thing too. When you when you got family or elderly family in the in the area, you mm-hmm. don't want to leave. You know, my grandma's still around. You know, so who are who are they? Who's your mom and your grandma? Yeah, so that side of the family's name was is Bass. So uh, Tig and Marion Bass had. Six, seven kids, six kids, my mom being one of them. My, my sister actually lives in the house that my mom was born in right now. Wow. So she held on to the legacy of the house. Uh, and uh, yeah, lots of aunts and uncles and cousins here. So and then my and my grandfather, he eventually did pass away. And but my grandmother still still out here in her 80s taking it. Where did they come from? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Where did they come from? I feel like they always been in Omaha. I mean, I guess that. <laughs> Maybe they were. I think they might have been born here. I, I, you know, I don't know where their that side of the family is all from, though. That's interesting. Do you know where the Allens came from? Uh, I, I do know that we we came from down south. I know that it was around the Georgia area, but via Chicago. So they were in Chicago first before they got to the Omaha area. And your grandfather's name is Tig. Tig Bass. Yes. I like that. Yeah, that's T- cool. T i g u e. He's very very uh, very interesting name. Yeah. That is an interesting name. He's an interesting dude. He was a character too. Tell us about him. Oh man, he's um, he's just uh, he was a character. He was a he was a a guy who he was an artist. He was a very spiritual man too. You know, he was he's uh always funny, always clowning. You know, uh, do, doing what he can do with all them kids. You know, <laughs> I can't. That's one thing Omaha got that I, I'm not used to. People be having six, seven, eight, nine kids around here. I'm like, man, can't imagine. Um, but yeah, he's kind of one of them dudes who worked hard all his life. Uh, when I got out here and uh, the, one of the first things that happened was he was retiring. He was driving his, he was working at the bus company. So he was driving a school bus and he was retiring the year I got out here and uh, they had a retirement party for him. And there, there must have been 500 people in that building Aww. cheering him on. And he got his hat. He's tipping his hat and he's dancing. And he's, he's feeling good because everybody's like, it's all about you, Tig. You know, uh, he was he was that kind of dude. So he was super cool. He knew my my grand. He knew my family on the Allen side, too. Re- Very nice. Really crazy stories about how they how they knew each other from back in the day. <laughs> really interesting stuff. So I'm so happy I got a chance to hang with him more. You know, I, like I said, I, I was back and forth to visit the grandparents every summer growing up. But that was a good time for me to be grown, him to be grown, us to spend some good grown time together. Mm-hmm. Years, you know, some good years before he passed away. But uh, 
I definitely, I definitely saw, I got to see where some of my personality came from for sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like grandparents, that's for sure. Yeah. So, okay, we've heard about the original Paul. And then there's Junior or second. Mm-hmm. Paul Young Junior. Junior. Yeah. So he was the owner of Allen Showcase. No, that was my great grandfather. That was Senior. That was Senior. Yeah. Okay. So Junior ran, helped run the place for for a while, and uh, and then he uh, he picked up the family and moved to California okay. in '63. Okay. Yeah. So that's my grandfather. I'm, I'm more heavily influenced by Junior than anybody else. Okay. Yeah, that was Gramps. Gramps. Cool, cool dude. Super cool. Well, he passed it down to his son because mm-hmm. I'm holding a book that your <laughs> that your father wrote. Yes. The Saturday Morning Song Chronicles, Memoirs, Motown and Music by Paul B. Allen the third. The third. So I do. I like to research our, our guests to kind of learn a little bit about them. So I have to brush uh, up on that book. Yeah, you do. Because <clears throat> I'm about to ask you. Oh, Lord. I'm about to ask you. Sorry, Pops. How many peaches were there? How many peaches were there? From Peaches and Herb. <laughs> oh. Do you know? I don't remember this. There was one herb and seven peaches. <gasps> wow. Are Did you, you know that? I didn't know that. Yes. I, I don't remember that fact, but I, I will say it, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. The, way, the way the music industry was, they just replaced your peaches in the hot minute. I couldn't believe it. I thought I thought they were married, but that's Ashford and Simpson were married. Yes. Yeah. And Ashford and Simpson were some heavy songwriters. Yeah. For a lot of people. Yeah. There's Peaches and Herb. They were trying to make it. They were trying to make it Ashford and Simpson, I bet you, with that Peaches and Herb. We can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the next peach at? It wasn't as solid as a rock. <laughs> <laughs> it was not as solid as a rock. I love it. <laughs> Some folks did not get that, but I did. <laughs> Absolutely got it. So the Saturday morning song chronicles. He, your your dad wrote a column for a newspaper. Is that right? That's what these were. Uh, I don't think it was for a newspaper. I believe he wrote those. He he was releasing those on social media for a while. Okay, and decided to put a book together with with all those little little clips. He, it was the, yeah, it was really interesting, man. When he retired. He just went crazy with the creation. He just started writing and he's writing a novel right now. Did That's you awesome. did you inherit that as well? I did, yeah. Um I, I was real lucky in being able to explore the arts with my but my whole family supporting us exploring the arts. Like I said, there was a studio, family studio always. I spent time living with my uncle Bruce, who just passed away a couple of years ago. He's he's really the guy who kind of made me and you know, I was I was his mini him, you know. And he told me several times during uh, throughout my young life, no, I need you to quit so you can come run this record company or I need you to quit so you can go do this album. You know, just come stay here, do the out, you know. So the whole family has been very, very supportive on anything that I want everyone to do with arts. They always said I can do anything I want to do. And they always provided the opportunity to do it all. So I got to dabble in a whole lot of stuff. So much so I took it for granted. Elaborate on that a little bit. You took it for granted. I just thought that's what everybody does and everybody uh-huh. has, and it will always be there. And it was, you know, until uh, I got older and had to start paying bills and was trying to figure out how to keep doing music while, while that happened, you know, and then I started going, Oh man, no wonder they were so diligent in trying in, in uh, making it so that I had the free time and, and the resources and everything else to do things. So we did a lot. We did a lot. And I just looked at it as a lifestyle. I didn't really look at it as a means to, we're going to do this music so we can go be pop stars or whatever. You know, it was always like, no, oh, this is just what we do. I come home from school and, you know, have funk band practice. 
and then have some dinner. <laughs> and now I'm like, man, we got a studio and instruments and lessons and write something and and whole family will read it and critique it and whatever. Uh, camera equipment, shoot shoot some films, shoot some short films, you know, like just whatever. Everybody was really into into it. And I just thought that's how everybody did it. That's just what everybody did all the time. So and now I feel very lucky that I had it and understand now at this age how rare it is mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. that. So I'm always I'm, I'm I'm like I'm definitely like that too. Like anybody who I'm around, I'm trying to help them do their art. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of ingrained. That kind of brings us up to the present day. You tell us what you do for a living every day. Yeah, I got a couple things going on right now. So I do a podcast. Well, it's it's, it's a live stream conversation now is what we call it. Three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for two hours in the morning, seven to nine. It's called, it's called First Sky Omaha in the morning. Uh, I do that with my partner, Buddy to God. And it started off as kind of a news show in the style of a morning show on the radio. And it morphed into this uh, conversation that we have with people in our community. So there's 50 to 100 people that get on the chat each day. We start talking about some of the topics that uh, is relevant to us in our in our area here in Omaha and get their feedback on it, get their voice on it. We started it because we got tired of seeing mainstream media tell the story with a slant or tell the story wrong or whatever and not not tap the sources that they could tap in the communities to find out the real story. We also put together a mind and soul radio over at uh, at the Malcolm X Memorial Foundation. It was a program of theirs, uh, mind and soul 101.3 FM. So we populated that whole station, started the morning show there. And then after that program shut down, we moved into this first sky space and it morphed into what it is now. So it's definitely, uh, it's a community outreach that like no other, there's nobody else doing the kind of community outreach that we are that frequently three times a week, two hours a day, digging deep into what people in our community think about the issues. And now we're moving into a lot of uh, action on the, on those issues too. We send a lot of people to the legislature to fight for bills get groups together to, to do all the work of, uh, of getting out the vote. Uh, stuff happens in the neighborhoods. We're sending people over to make sure people are all right. It's turning into an action group now. Uh, so we're, we've been spending a couple of years getting on the same page just with ideas. And now it's turning into like uh, we were doing some things with those ideas. So that's uh, uh, taken up a lot of my life. Uh, yeah. we, have, we have a video channel that we're about to launch. And so we're, we're putting a, together a lot of video material for this channel kind of uh, representing Omaha in, in a, in a more authentic way than, mm-hmm. we, than we usually see it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're looking forward to looking forward to that part of it. I also work at the Benson theater. I'm director of communications over there. That's my full-time job. I kind of got two full-time jobs, so I'm really busy all the time, mm-hmm. but that was part of the plan for me was to team up with my friend, Amy, who put this theater together. And that's kind of the physical space that we're, we put together for us to do things out of. So next year, first guy Omaha is going to do a lot of, uh, educational classes and and shows and events over at first over at the Benson Theater. So it uh, you know it was kind of all in the plan for us to do that. Nice. You really have to have your your ear to the ground to run your first guy podcast. The, the first guy podcast is the ear to the ground. That's that's when I hear about what people have to say and what's going on in town. We feel that that's what that is. So we. We will we'll start a little subject here, something that we heard, something we read in the news. We got to read between the lines and some of the articles, you know, uh-huh. we'll put it out there and then we'll start getting feedback from them about what's really going on. First Sky Omaha is the ear to the street. And you have a lot of 
people coming on talking about what's happening firsthand account. Exactly. We bring on guests. What have you been most impressed by? I'm impressed by the chat. We call them chat chimers because they chime in on every, on all the subjects all the time. And like I say, it's, it's 50 to a hundred regular people that are coming on talking chats. As you know, can be pretty ugly. Just mm-hmm. go to like uh KETV and, and, and get on their website <laughs> and look at what they'd be talking about in their chats. I, I do that from time to time. So I can remember where I'm at, by the way, because mm-hmm. it's some of the most ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, the, our chat is super respectful, super informative. Uh, they know that they're a part of this conversation. They know that there are co-hosts. And so they do research and they come with information and, and a lot of them are working in the industries that we're talking about and can give us firsthand. We have a lot of them on the show as guests to talk. So the chat chimers are a nice surprise. We didn't know the, the show was going to go in a direction where we could have actual conversation with people in the chat, mm-hmm. but, it, but it happened. And uh, the other thing that I, I really am surprised about too is what we call the ghost listeners. These are people that do not chime into the chat. They just listen in while they're doing what they're doing. I'll meet them in the street and they'll be like, yeah, I'm a ghost listener. I heard what you guys said on this thing, blah, blah, blah. So uh, we actually got an army of ghost listeners, even more than the chat chimers. Thousands of people are listening. So did, did you come up with these terms? Ghost listener? Yeah. Chat chimers? Me, me, and, my, me, and, my, uh, me and my partner, that's what we do. We, well, we nickname people yeah. and come up with stuff. Yeah. Shout out around. Amy H. Dot. Yeah, she, yeah. Amy H. Dot came. She just told me the other day, she's like, people are introducing me as Amy H. Dot. And I, I can't. I was like, I'm sorry when I give somebody a nickname mistakes. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she, this is not my name. She was upset. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we just that's the spirit of the thing. Like we just kind of joke around and come up with come up with stuff to, to make it. You know, we got to make information palatable. Mm hmm. So we have, me and my partner have a good chemistry, me and buddy to God, we're friends, we're real, we're real friends, you know what I mean? So like, uh, so we have a good chemistry, but we try to stay on task. He's an actual journalist. He has a degree in in broadcast journalism. So he keeps us professional because it ain't just two cats sitting around talking. Mm -hmm. It's like, like you, like you guys are professional with these questions. You've done research. That's kind of how we approach our thing too. But also with the banter and the, you know, the thing that musicians sit around doing, talking junk after dark type of stuff. What does that say about Omaha to you? The show? The chat chimers. Chat chimers. Ghost listener. That we were right. There's there's a a you know, a city full of well informed, intelligent sources that these other news groups could have been tapping. There's people that know some things and that and there's also people not just that know some things that can chime in, but they also are activated. These are people that are very, very ready to do something about making their city better. And, uh, and so, yes, yeah, inspiring. I mean, any, any place I ever go live, I, I seek out what I call people in the sevens. These are people that get it. These are people that want to do something. The like-minded people that you're trying to find that are on the same page about trying to make where they're at better and do things better and be better and be close and live alive with one another and all that stuff. And I got to find those, those, that's the tribe. That's the real tribe. So if I can find that wherever I'm at, then that's when I feel like I'm, I'm living in the place. So this to me is an exercise in that on a, on a level, on a bigger level, a level that I haven't reached before. There's the, I think we got thousands of friends out here that are activated. Cause you live here now. Cause I live here now. <laughs> I live in Omaha, Nebraska is now one of the places I am from. Yeah. In the same way that I felt from Hawaii, you know what I'm saying? So 
in the same way I feel from California. It's too big of a part of my life for me to not to me to not act like that. That's that's what it is. And and it's all about the people. When you when you find people in the sevens, when you find people that you call your brothers and your mentors and and your friends and the people that are like family to you, then it, it, it doesn't really matter like where you're at. If you found that, then you found some kind of home. In the sevens, did you come up with that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of my quips. For I, I was a teenager and I was heavy into Prince. And to me, that was the that's where the, the high funk and everything lies. That's where the, the artist's mind lies. And you're a different kind of cat because you do art and you do music and you think in this high art way of thinking. And and it's different from, uh, you know, people that just kind of consume music on the radio. It was something that just started to mean a group of artists that get it, if that makes any sense. <laughs> and now it really and now we use it in a, in a, in a way that we say like you're in the sevens with me. Like we feel like Jade is in the sevens with us. She is an absolute seven. She is a person who is in outer space and she is bringing that down to earth and she is creating atmospheres and places and spaces that l- allow us to be free. And that's what we do. And that's what she does. And so we're in the sevens together. She's the people in the sevens. I love it. I love it. I'm going to tell you something, Paul. I hope it doesn't change the way that you feel about me. <laughs> Uh oh. I love it when I love how you start conversation. <laughs> and your precursors are the best. I got a bone to pick with you. <laughs> so my name is Nichelle. My nickname is Nikki. And Purple Rain came out when I was in about the seventh or eighth grade. Oh, darling. <laughs> exactly. But my mother was quite the strict mother. And so I did not see Purple Rain. But you'd hear the song, right? Right. And John O'Gara would walk down the hall every day in the seventh grade and sing. (laughs) But I never did see the movie until Prince died. And they played, they showed the movie at the Dundee Theater. You saw it at first at the Dundee. For the very first time. Whatever year he died. That's how old I was when I first saw it. And it was amazing. Wow. Yeah. And I'm always a Prince fan. I, I'm always a Prince fan. We had our thing too. Pops tried to throw my whole Prince collection away at one point. <laughs> Religious, if you, hey, fam, spiritual families, yeah. they, they was they were battling with that. Yeah. Grew up Jehovah's Witness, as a matter of fact. So he was my, and my dad was an elder and he was like, we ain't having this in this house. Uh-huh. I was like, well, I'm going to have to move because I'm not giving up my <laughs> Prince. And so, and then years later, Prince became a Jehovah's Witness. And, and now we, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, what's my worlds colliding? What's going on here? And now all my parents love it, all his music, you know? Yeah. So it's just, a, it's kind of a trip, but that's my number one inspiration as far as an artist is concerned. So I'm not mad at you. Okay. Thank you. But I, I will say this. It ain't about Purple Rain. It's about Under the Cherry Moon. Go find that movie. Mm, okay. What's your favorite Prince song? Animal Kingdom. I'll have to uh, listen. because For, I don't for know those of you that are not able to see this podcast, both of their faces <laughs> are scrunched up like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, sometimes it snows in April. Oh, see, I can't even listen to that song no more after he died. Why? It's, it's um, too sad. I know. But you know what? I was... Maybe a sophomore or junior in high school when that song came out. And I was like, oh, my God, just the chords that are in it. It's just beautiful. It is. But I was like, whatever. It doesn't snow in April. It does. My sophomore year, I think, in college, I lived in the dorms at Creighton. And we had 
the biggest snowstorm ever. And Creighton never shut down. They just didn't do that. It shut the whole school down. So in honor of Prince, and sometimes it snows in April, the whole floor, that's what we did all day wow. was just listen to Prince songs. Well, I tell you what, number one, that song is from the Under the Cherry Moon soundtrack. Okay. So that's that's the that's the tie in there. Also, you know, Prince back in those days he did everything was a double entendre and a metaphor. Of course, this was about the character in that movie dying. And the, the whole metaphor for sometimes it snows in April is that is that people get taken away from you early, too yeah. too fast. Prince died in April. Ooh, I didn't remember that. Yeah. So uh that's a hard song for me to listen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a die I'm a diehard Prince fan for real. So. Mm. But I love that you picked that. It's a beautiful song. It my is. my song is really obscure. It's from a really deep cut. Uh, and it's when he went vegan. He decided he was going to write about it. And it's called Animal Kingdom. And it's to me, it's one. Uh, it's deep and it's and it's got some funk layers on it that I don't even know how he reached. And nobody knows about it. I love it. <laughs> that is so crazy. I just gave a talk earlier today about plant-based nutrition whole food plant-based because yeah. i'm i'm vegan too so okay how cool i'm gonna go find it go find it yeah said i don't eat red meat and white fish and don't give me no blue cheese like, <laughs> he's talking about the american <laughs> diet <laughs> yeah it's cold um no i can't be mad at nobody i, I know i've met too many i'm old now so i've met young folks and ain't never seen purple rain i can't get mad at everybody no more so don't worry about it it's all good <laughs> I understand why too. Yeah, I didn't see it for a while either. Same same reason, right. you know. John O'Gara, I still remember you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. I have to go back. What was the showcase? The showcase. Good question. So, my great grandfather, Paul Allen Senior, was in Omaha for a while. Like I said, I think by way of Chicago right before the war. So he went to France when World War II happened. While he was over there, he was chefing it up, learning the language, so on and so forth. He came back speaking French and opening up businesses. And by the 50s, one of the, one of the businesses he opened up was the Allen Showcase Lounge. And it's a legendary spot, 24th and Lake. The building's still there. It's a historical building right behind Union for Contemporary Art. And I'm still looking for photos and stuff because the stories that they tell me about what, what went down in that building is incredible. He had that building when black folks could not go downtown, stay downtown and do shows. So they would come to the showcase, do shows. And then around the corner, there'd be somebody that had a room upstairs that James Brown would be staying in and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he was real close to Fats Domino. Fats used to come play all the time. The other legend is uh, Buddy Buddy Miles, who is a legendary drummer, used to play for the the. Uh, Band of Gypsies with Jimi Hendrix. He's from Omaha. He got his start at the showcase. There's stories about Grandpa. We call him Grandpa Pops. Paul Allen Sr. He, uh, Grandpa Pops did stuff like uh, pressing beams, pressing love, have his, uh, had to hawk his horn. Pops go get his horn out of the pawn shop and give it to him so he can play a gig. They would all say that kind of stuff. Calvin Keyes is another one. He's like, he said, uh, Calvin Keyes said that all the time too. He said, if I ever need some money, man, I'd have to drop that guitar in there. But as soon as I had a gig, your grandfather, your great grandfather would come and get it out for me. You know, he's wow. one of them kind of dudes. Like you can't find, I can't ever find any kind of material on him, but he was one of these kind of folk heroes that every time I would go somewhere, they would say, you would drop groceries off at the door. And then, and, you know, and, you know, just, he, you know what I'm saying? He was just one of them kind of dudes that was always there helping the community out. He employed a ton of people. Brenda Council told me one time that he helped her get her political career started, you know. 
So he just he's just one of these kind of folk hero dudes. And they, they were all a little bit gangster, too. You know, so that's that's what you don't hear a whole lot. You hear a lot about like Preston Love and the people that were kind of uh, in, in the in the mainstream. But uh, Pops and them, you know, they, they had a, a jukebox business and they pretty much jacked it from the mob in order to run it. <laughs> so they, you know, so they were they was they were some real, real cats. And um, and everything was based out of the showcase. Showcase was one of the only places that if you were black, you could you can gamble on the horse races. Uh, that was the only place that you can you can uh, uh, put in your your ticket over there on that. A lot of people got their start. I, I talked to people all around town. that was like your grandfather used to let me go in when I was sixteen. He just told me don't drink and come I can come hang out. And I never forgot that you know like that that place was kind of a legendary spot where a lot of people got their start. And he ran that until about eighty five and then sold it. And you know people still tell me about that. I I just was hanging out with Terrace Martin recently too. We were just talking about his dad Curly Martin who just passed away. Curly's first show was at the showcase. Wow. So and Terrace played there as a young man too. And he he talks about it all the time too. Like, like what a special place that is. Every time he comes out to play, he talks about the history and everybody that came through there. Hank Red, you know, legendary Omaha players. And my grandfather was the facilitator for a lot of that kind of stuff happening and bringing people from out of town in. So my uncle Al is a, my is a Paul Allen Jr.'s brother. My uncle Al, they call him little Caesar. He was uh, he passed away, but he was uh, a legendary dude, too. He would always tell me about how he was the one that had to go pick up James Brown from the airport all the time. And he, he used to talk about this bodyguard she had. He, he had there was this big, tall white woman. He said she filled up the whole door when she was standing in the doorway. <laughs> and if you wanted to see Mr. Brown, she said, I'll see if Mr. Brown wants to talk to you. And then she'll go back there and talk to him. And I was He was telling me these stories. I was just cracking up like. I, I got to get all this down. I got to get, <laughs> I got to record all these oral histories about this place. Kind of incredible. My cousin Pat Allen just wrote a book called The Deuce. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So she, cousin Pat is, is breaking down a whole bunch of stuff that went down. OMG. We're going to have her on the, on the show nice. as well. Nice. Yes. Wealth of knowledge. Wealth of knowledge. I, mean, I don't, I don't get with her enough. I got to hang out with her more. You do. Yeah. That book is amazing. Yeah. She's your cousin. Uh-huh. And then your dad Boy, lots of mm-hmm. lots of creativity Drop my in that next. Allen family. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, every every it got nurtured. You know, I feel like it yeah. got nurtured. There was talent that got nurtured. So, my sister is an incredible singer and artist. Who's you your know, sister? Uh, Brooke Allen. Her name is Brooke Allen. She's she's in town too. You now she's the one that bought my my great my the Bass's oh, house. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. so she's in town. We hang out. Her and she got a son, and we we all do stuff. And he's super. You know, same thing. We try to create a have a creative atmosphere for him now. He's seven, right in the age where he's like being who he is. You yeah. know, like I say, I feel very, very lucky now to to know that now that I know it's rare uh-huh. that, that you have that kind of a family that got some talent and it got, and it helps you let you nurture your talent. I never got told you can't be no musician. You got to go get a regular job. Well, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. No, none of that ever. I never heard any of that. Do you see the legacy that you are upholding and, the connection that you have to your grandfather I see, in making spaces in the city In making spaces in the city. I, I see my, I see that I'm trying to do that. Um, I don't know if I'm living up to it. It's a pretty heavy legacy that he got going on here. So, but I've been trying, I mean, I see what that legacy it is. I see what it is. Ever since I've been in town, I learn more and more about the legacy like every year. And I just try, I'm trying to do something that he would be proud of in that way. So I, I'm trying. I don't see. I don't see what I'm doing quite yet, but I'm. I'm. I'm trying to live up to it. Wow! It's the only place on earth I can be. Paul B. Allen the fourth. 
What's the B stand for? Oh, that's a long story. <laughs> Bartholomew. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll give you two more guesses. Benson. Benjamin. Nope. Okay. I don't know. You want to hear it? You want to hear it? Yeah. All right. So it's just B. Is it really? It really is. My grandpa was just W. Yeah. He was James W. Horton. Mm-hmm. Just B. Uh, story is we've done our family research all the way back to the original slave. His name was Bonaparte. Ooh. And that name got passed that my great grandfather, uh, Paul Allen Sr., who we've been talking about, he's a direct descendant from that from that person. And his his middle name was Paul Bonaparte Allen. When they was going to pass it down to Junior, somebody's <laughs> grandma didn't like it or something. So uh-uh. they, they tried to change it up. Uh, but by the time it got down to my dad, the compromise was it's not going to be Bonaparte, but it, it's going to be Paul B. Allen the third. So let's just go on and make it B. So he's Paul B. Dot Allen the third, and I'm Paul B. Dot Allen the fourth. So is Junior is he Bonaparte or no? So Junior is that there was a so I think they I think what they did with him was they they changed the name and then he I think he either changed it back or he was gonna change it back. Okay, but his middle name named his middle name Walter. That's how bad they didn't <laughs> want to name him. As far away from Bonaparte as you could possibly as you get. Could possibly get. Wow. Oh my gosh. So when it was my turn to like dig up all that research and read all the stuff and continue on with the family history stuff, I, I decided like at some point I'm gonna get my name changed back to to Bonaparte. Bonaparte yeah. But that's why I give people some guesses because y'all ain't never gonna guess Bonaparte. Wow. Was I was like, close with Bartholomew. I know you was. That's why I gave you two more because I was like, who's she close? Who's she close? <laughs> then y'all went to Benjamin, and <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> So uh, you know that at the end, we always ask who else we should know about. What other extraordinary people? Three off the dome. Should Three we know? off the dome. I got a cat named Vaughn Chapman I think you should talk to. He's a chat chimer. And he doesn't live in Omaha anymore, but he's from Omaha. And uh, I wish I could say Curly Martin. He was one of the most interesting cats that I ever met in my life. And he had the history of North Omaha in a different way. People, you know, we can we can drive down with with Preston Love Jr. and he can tell us this this is what was in this place before. Mm-hmm. Curly will come and be like, that was where Captain, who the shoe shine man named Captain, <laughs> right. used to shine. I remember he tried to shine my shoe one time and he put two scuffs <laughs> on it. I had to beat him up. You know, he was like Curly would give you them kind of stories. Like he didn't just know every every business that was around, but every right. person that was around and all right. that. I used to love sitting around. I got a little bit of oral histories from him, but I didn't get enough until you know he's he got sick, but. I think uh, maybe if you talk to Terrace, Terrace might be somebody who who can pick up that mantle of, of, t- of telling them story. I know you've been, I know you've heard it from Curly all his life. Mm-hmm. So, but I want to give you. I'm going to think of somebody else that I really like talking to the old heads about. that got the real history. They're the, to, to me, they're the ones that are most interesting mm-hmm. and have the most interesting stories and have been doing a lot too this whole time. Like, you know, there's something about an old head that's still here in Omaha. First of all, a lot of longevity in Omaha. People be living long out here. <laughs> That's the truth. If you eighty and you 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 a brother you you somebody that grew up in Omaha and you in your eighties and you still telling the stories and you still hanging in there, to me you one of the most interesting, powerful people. Yes. that there is, especially the men. I gotta say, I love my women and everything else, but it's to, it takes a certain kind of survival to be a eighty year old man right now. Brothers <laughs> is dying at fifty something these days. You know you're what right. I'm saying? You're right. If you didn't survive till eighty, you got some some kind of superpower around here. So I'm going to come up with somebody for y'all for that. Cause I know a few of them. I got a few people I call mentors here 
that I think would be great to talk to. So I'm, I'm going to dig somebody up. Nice. Where can we find you? Outer space. Mm-hmm. Out there with the Jay. Faith is the place. <laughs> uh, you you can pretty much, I mean, everything that I'm doing, I'm doing through First Sky Omaha. So 1ST Sky Omaha, Facebook, YouTube. That's pretty much the best place to try to just get a hold of me. FirstSkyOmaha.com, our website. I'm going to start doing a lot. Even some of my creative stuff, I'm going to start doing through First Sky Omaha. Buddy, too. We just a couple of musicians. It decided that there was some stuff going on in our, in our neighborhoods that we needed to put the horn down and go talk about, you know. So uh, so we, we want to get back to our creative life with the responsibility of also trying to make some change in this place to make the place open for people to be creative and to have have space to do that. So, so yeah, the, everything that we're going to do, we're going to do through there. That's our pet project. That's probably the best way to get a hold of me. And I may sound like an extrovert, but I'm an introvert. I'll be at home. So <laughs> go through First Sky Omaha because don't come knocking on my door. I'll sit there and not answer. Anybody, they didn't call me first. I don't know who's knocking. I'll be sitting in there with the TV loud. You know I'm in there too. Not going to answer the door. It's just what it is sometimes. So <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. This has been so much fun. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for so coming. Much. I'm going to work to be in the sevens. I have a feeling you are already. I mean, you're doing this. You're playing piano. You're finally seeing Purple Rain. You might be a seven already. Just saying. You know, one and a million. million. Come on with it. Now, she's got a few more things that she's got to, to do and see. What, Jade? What do I have to do? Um, I don't know. I'll put a list together. Jade is going to be our official sevens trainer. Oh, gosh. I'll never make it. That's me. That's I'll me. never make it. Yes. <laughs> All right, on that note. Okay. Thank you for tuning in to Noir, the podcast, where we celebrate the extraordinary people of North Omaha. We hope you've been inspired by today's episode and encourage you to share your own stories with us. You can reach us at Noir, that's N-O-I-R-E, the podcast, at gmail.com, and follow us on Instagram. Until next time, stay extraordinary.